Welcome to Wellness and Law, a podcast from Haynes Boone that delves into the dynamics of the high-pressure, demanding legal profession and the significance of holistic well-being for attorneys and firms. I'm your host, Abby Reed, Head of Wellness Strategy at Haynes Boone, Registered Dietitian and Certified Mental Health First Aider. I am joined today by CEO of Mastermind Meditate, Dorsey Standish. Dorsey is a mechanical engineer, neuroscientist, and wellness expert who brings evidence-based mindfulness and emotional intelligence to clients worldwide, including Haynes Boone, for the past three years. In today's episode, we will be discussing how to unplug to recharge and offering specific strategies attorneys can implement to disconnect from work, to give their brains rest and recovery, and lessen the impact of chronic stress on their overall well-being and mental health. Dorsey, welcome. I'm very excited to have you here today, and especially for this topic, because I know how passionate you are about the neuroscience of our brains and that you've built your company mastermind around helping busy professionals find science-backed strategies to better their well-being and lessen their stress. So you are the perfect person to discuss this topic today. Thanks so much for having me, Abby. I think this is such an important topic for all of us right now, especially those in the legal profession. So let's dive right in. I could not agree more. Yes, let's dive in. So I'd like to start off our conversation by mentioning a couple of statistics from Bloomberg Law's Attorney Workload and Hours Survey, which has quite a few questions around job satisfaction and personal well-being. It's not just workload and hours. A few statistics in the survey that really stood out to me were 60% of attorneys stated that the greatest personal challenge they experienced in 2022 was the inability to disconnect from work. Over the last six months, attorneys stated that they felt burnt out 49% of the time. And the two greatest personal challenges attorneys experienced due to work-related stress were 72% stated disrupted sleep and 65% stated anxiety. These are some pretty daunting statistics, Dorsey, um, but honestly, not all that surprising given the nature of the profession. Can you share with me your reaction to these statistics and from your perspective, why you think so many attorneys struggle with disconnecting from their work? Yeah, Abby, when I hear those numbers, even though I've seen numbers like that before, it makes me want to just take a breath, right? Because oh my gosh, we're really in a collective health crisis in the world and especially in the legal profession. So I think this podcast is so timely, as you mentioned. Um, One thing for me when I hear statistics like that is it is daunting, but it's also a breath of fresh air that we can clearly see what's happening, right? It's the sense of common humanity that if you are a burned out lawyer, wow, you're not alone. Actually, about half of y'all feel burned out, right? So we get this sense of common humanity and from that place, we can kind of unite together against this challenge and tackle it um, as a community, like we're doing through this podcast and our work at Haynes Boone. And as I think about lawyers, um, I share a lot, especially when I'm teaching other lawyers, that I was raised by two lawyers. So I kind of know the lawyer mindset, and I have the pleasure of working with several law firms as clients at Mastermind. And I'm struck always with talking with lawyers about their intensity, their competitive drive, um, and especially the 
expectations that they place on themselves and others that they're working with. And it makes sense, right? Because in the legal profession, you're billing by the hour. I remember my dad, actually, when I was a kid, writing down every six minutes what he did with his time on a legal pad and giving it to his secretary to bill. So we kind of start thinking about our worth and our time in in that way. And so what I've observed happening with my clients is it's not just the stress of the workday. It's as you're getting at, how do I unplug and put the workday behind me? There's a phenomenon called anticipatory stress. So it's not just the stress we feel as we're working day to day. It's also even when we try to wind down at night, we put our technology away. There's this lurking anticipatory stress of what's coming next, What's waiting for me in my inbox tomorrow morning? What's the client going to need, right? So it keeps us in that fight or flight mode, which is really energetically costly to our brains and our bodies. And it makes it really hard for us to shut down and unplug. So you sharing those statistics around anxiety and trouble sleeping makes perfect sense for this kind of heightened uh, sympathetic nervous system state that a lot of legal professionals are dealing with because of the nature of their work. Wow. Yes. That anticipatory stress. That's an interesting term, but that makes complete sense. And also that that would affect your sleep and cause some anxiety because it's trying to anticipate what's coming next, which I know is a huge piece of what lawyers do in their, in their job every day. And so that makes sense that that would be difficult to disconnect if that's what you're experiencing for sure. So what does disconnecting look like for a busy professional, such as an attorney, And what are the benefits of giving ourselves the opportunity to unplug? Great question. I think um, the first step in any of this is just acknowledging that it's hard, right? That it's hard in the legal profession. It's hard in the world we live in and giving ourselves a little bit of a break. I think that's why I love studying the brain so much is understanding, you know, a term like anticipatory stress. It immediately feels like it puts me back in the driver's seat of, oh, I know what's happening with my brain rather than kind of being jerked around by my mind, right? So knowing, okay, this is hard. This is kind of what's happening for me. And then positioning unplugging as part of a larger stress resilience strategy. We've done so much work uh, through you all at Haynes and Boone about helping your lawyers and staff lay a foundation of resilience that ultimately helps them succeed in billing hours in their legal career and have a productive, fulfilling life as well. So when I think about unplugging as part of a stress resilience strategy, I like to think about the three R's for stress resilience and unplugging is one part of that. So the first aspect of building resilience is how we think about stress and anxiety. So it's recognizing and reframing. You know, I was talking to a lawyer last night at dinner and she said, you know, being a lawyer is really hard no matter where you are. So hopefully you find some people you like and you just bond and hang out together at work to get through it, right? So how are you thinking about stress? Is it this insurmountable wall of client challenges or is it, hey, this is calling me forth to grow. This is strengthening my opportunity to be present, to be resilient. So that's kind of a top-down strategy where we use the upper parts of our brain to regulate those limbic areas, those reptilian brain areas by recognizing and reframing as much as possible the stress that we're under. Once we've done that, it's important that we build in time to reset. And this is kind of where we get into this idea of unplugging, right? Because we can tell ourselves all day, don't be stressed out from the top down. But sometimes, especially when we're going through a crisis, we really just need to go 
exercise or be out in nature or see a friend, right? Those are bottom up strategies that signal from the body and those lower areas of the brain that we're safe. I'm sure um, you can relate to kind of that immediate relief that you feel when you take a few deeper breaths or when you get outside for a walk or do those things that help you reset and unplug. And the final R that I want to mention that's tied into this idea of unplugging is one final way we can signal to our nervous system that we're safe, and that's retreating. So I don't mean going to Bali on a you know wellness retreat, although that would be great. I mean a safe place. So our brain responds to visual stimuli. And so if we can have um, a corner of our office or maybe a quiet area of our house, a favorite chair, even carrying around a photograph that means a lot to us, anything to signal to our brain that we're safe and taking regular moments throughout the day and especially at the end of the day to retreat, maybe put away technology and have a little bit of time time in that safe place. So when we think about unplugging, again, I like to think about it in that bigger framework of stress resilience. And then how can I reset little moments throughout the day and then maybe some longer blocks? And then also, where can I carve out a safe retreat, a safe place where my nervous system automatically knows, okay, it's safe to unplug as I'm here, as I'm seeing this visual stimulus that I'm engaging with. That is all so helpful and perfectly stated. I I really think the recognition piece that you mentioned is something that I often don't think about. Um, having kind of that self awareness about what it is exactly that we're stressing about, and when you mentioned, you know, even putting a name to something like anticipatory stress gives you back that control. That really resonated with me, and I'm sure with a lot of people as well. Um, and then being able to reframe. And how are we looking at our stress? Is it something that we're not going to be able to get through? Is it something that we see as a challenge? I really liked that. So really great points. And then, of course, reset and retreat. I, I liked the idea of going to Bali as, as retreat. But, <laughs> but I think exactly what you said is kind of finding that place where um, you can go and, and find that reprieve is, is super important. So you, you shared some strategies in that, um, but curious, you know, what are some tangible strategies you would provide to someone who is struggling with disconnecting, knows they need a break, so knows that they're, that they're struggling, um, but is worried about dropping the ball on their client work if they do take the time to unplug? Yeah, this is a great question, Abby. And as you mentioned, I shared a little bit of sort of practical strategies to downregulate the nervous system, build resilience, um, buffer the stress of the legal profession. But I think as we get into specific strategies, it helps to have an overarching intention and value system. So before anybody starts adapting new practices, the first thing I would ask them is, why are you doing this? Right. And they might say on the surface to recover from burnout or to get through this. But usually there's some deeper, um, juicier meaning beneath that of I want to make a difference at work or in my community or I want to spend more time with my kids. I want to be healthy and, and know my grandchildren, whatever it is. So framing this work that we're doing, not as running away from the big, scary stress, but as moving towards something that inspires us, that's really key for resilience. So what are you moving towards? What's important to you? And can you Think about, we talked about this at the beginning, the um, you know six minutes at a time. Can you think about those six minute increments, not just as worth a certain amount of money to your firm and your career, but also worth a certain amount to you and your values and your life overall? And 
when I start sharing practical strategies, I love that we can think about it in six minutes or even one minute increments, because one of the biggest misconceptions with people, especially if they're stressed out and overwhelmed is, well, I have to do this for 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes. So when we start to think about building stress resilience, I love the work of Dr. Rick Hansen. And we've actually done some work with you all at Haynes Boone around his book, Resilient. And he says that even in under a minute, we can start to rewire our brain for greater resilience. We can start to get those benefits of unplugging if we just take 30 seconds or so to do one of these activities we just talked about, whether that's reframing the stress that we're under, whether that is resetting the nervous system with some stretches at our desk, whether that is retreating and taking a moment to go look out the window in your office rather than continuing to type. So I would invite people to think about, okay, what inspires you? What are you moving towards? And what are some ways that support you in those little increments of time? I can you know, sit here all day and share things that work for me, but at the end of the day, it's about something that excites you, whether that's time in nature, if you're here in Dallas, maybe getting out for a walk on the Katy Trail or around White Rock. Maybe that's time with loved ones. Maybe that's building in a moment to text a gratitude list to a friend or colleague in the morning. Anything that supports your health and wellness and prioritizing that even for just a few minutes at a time during the workday and seeing that currency as an important part of your wellness and your worth as well. I like the idea of understanding your why and what inspires you and being able to add value to that as well. Because I mean, just as you mentioned with the billable hour, that's something very tangible, right? That value is is money. Um, and so being able to, to put the why to unplugging and resetting in that time, that's important to you. And so I think that that's a really important piece that you mentioned. And I've even found, you know, if I just take a couple minutes to walk outside and stand in the sun, that has such a huge impact on how productive I am throughout my day. And so I do know that being able to take a few of those minutes away sometimes actually translates into greater productivity in the long run. So those people saying, I don't have time, I don't have time to to take a few minutes for myself. Um, oftentimes it does translate into to better productivity in the long run if we're taking those those moments for ourselves. So I think those are all really great, great points. So you provided some great strategies and an awesome framework for being able to unplug. How can we make this a regular part of a daily or weekly routine? And is it something that you would recommend to do daily or something that we need to make a habit? What are, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, that's a great question, Abby. And I'll share. I was actually uh, seated across from a lawyer at a Dallas firm at dinner last night. And I was sharing my story around my own experience of burnout and finding my wellness practices that support me. And the woman across from me said, I have a really similar story. I actually, so she's Catholic, and she was sharing that one year for Lent, she gave up not going to Mass. So in other words, she went to Mass every Sunday. And she had been raised Catholic, had been away from the church for a long time. And she said, it's two blocks from my house. I don't even have to dress up. I just have to show up for myself for that hour every week. She said, I didn't know what I was missing until I had that time. And now I go every week, I'm involved in the church. It's my mindful hour. And so I think when we think about what do I need to do for my wellness to build my resilience, to take time to unplug, 
It might be mindfulness and meditation every day, like my story. It might be an hour a week of going to mass or taking a walk in nature or going to see your parent or spending uninterrupted time with your kiddos. It's really about finding that thing. And then I would say you asked about regularity. From a habit-building perspective, it's really helpful to have something built into your schedule and routine, whether that's a few minutes in the morning or as my friend was sharing, you know, an hour every weekend, doing something on a regular basis will help to make sure that you prioritize that just as much as your work and other people's demands. So if I had to invite people to do one thing, I think even just doing something every day can feel a little bit overwhelming. But something I heard from another executive was block an hour on your calendar every week just for you. You don't have to do the same thing every week. (laughs) You could sit in a dark room and stare at the wall. You could journal. You could go for a walk. You could just sit and think about what's important and go through some of the exercises that we talked about today. But I would say that one hour investment your return on that investment will be so much larger than that billable hour that you're sacrificing. You'll get some presence, some wellness, some energy, and you'll come back into your life where it matters, recharged and inspired. And who knows, maybe you will be that change that you want to see in the legal profession and start to inspire others around you, your team members, your peers to really help move the needle in the legal industry so that we're not still seeing these statistics of burnout, not being able to sleep, being anxious all the time. It's like, what's the point of life if we can't enjoy it and be present for it and take some time to unplug and really connect with ourselves and those around us. So I would encourage every person who's listening to be the change they want to see, even if it's just a few minutes at a time or an hour a week, it really makes a difference to take time for you. Well, you certainly inspired me with this. I really like the idea of setting a time on the calendar, an hour a week, so that it's it's there, right? It's blocked off. No one's scheduling anything. I think that's a really good idea. Um, what do you think about making it non-negotiable? And I kind of I say that because I feel like some of the attorneys that I've spoken to that have figured out how to build that time in for themselves, the one thing that I consistently hear from them is that there's boundaries around it. That it's, it's not just the first thing that falls off of their to-do list when something else pops up. They figured out a way to, to make it so that it's like everyone on my team knows that from 12 to 1 p.m. I'm going to the gym um, or, you know, and kind of being able to make it non-negotiable. Do you, what do you think about that, that um, process? And do you have any tips around those boundaries? It's a great question, Abby. And it's, it's, a hard one because um, I can relate to this challenge of wanting to show up for others, but knowing that in order to do that, I have to have boundaries around what I need for myself, right? So I think that coming back to the idea of what's most important to you, I know you and I have used this metaphor of glass balls and plastic balls, you know, what can be dropped and uh, will bounce and what's the most important thing. When you reflect and set intentions, what are you moving towards? It's probably not just the lawsuit that you're involved in, right? There's probably something bigger. And if you can tie in this one hour to that bigger intention, for me, it helps me make that non-negotiable. 
it helps me to set boundaries around it when I know that it's tied into my why, why I get up every morning and how I want to show up for my family and my team and the work that I do in the world. So I would suggest for folks with setting boundaries that they start with why this is important. And then as they're sharing their commitment outwards, really be true themselves and what's most important and why they're showing up in that way. And it's going to be uncomfortable, right? I know I um, I have an eight-month-old baby and you and I have talked about this. There's so many demands on my time, quite literally, to be a mom, to run a business. And it's been the greatest challenge of my life to still carve out time for mindfulness and wellness and all the things for me. But I can honestly say, even this morning, um, the baby was up a lot last night, which is not ideal, right? And I had a lot to do. I wanted to get to this podcast and connect with you. And I took 15 minutes to lay down and put my legs up the wall and do a restorative meditation. And the shift I experienced in those 15 minutes is incredible. I can't even imagine the work that I would have done during that time and the value of that compared to being able to take time for myself and say, okay, this is the biggest rock. This is the glass ball that I can't drop. My own health and well-being. If I'm not healthy and alive for life, then what's the point of doing all these other things? So ordering it in a way where you get down to what's most important and then you share with other people, not from a place of, I can't help you, blah, blah, blah. It's, hey, this is what's most important and it will help me show up for you better. Thank you so much for your support. And I found that works in life with partners, with family and in business as well. People want to see you succeed and they'll be excited to get behind that success that you're offering yourself. That is such a relatable story that you shared. And then also just such great perspective and such great big picture perspective. Because I think sometimes we're so focused on each minute of each day and how we're spending our time, but being able to tie in those, those values and see it all as one big picture, as you mentioned, I think is a really great perspective. And that will help so many people being able to realize how they can prioritize this and how they can communicate that to others to kind of build those those boundaries and build that into their daily or weekly habit, whatever that looks like for them. So thank you so much, Dorsey, for your insight and the valuable tips and strategies and perspective that you provided to all of us today. It was so wonderful. We're so grateful to have you working with us at Haynes and Boone and also just grateful for your expertise on our podcast today. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Abby. And I just want to honor you and Haynes Boone for the awesome work you all are doing in the world uh, to further the mission of wellness in the legal profession and really support your lawyers and staff. It's really remarkable what you all are doing. And thank you to our listeners for joining this episode of Wellness and Law. We look forward to bringing you more content on well-being in the legal profession through expert interviews, practical tips and strategies, and personal anecdotes from attorneys. You can find today's episode and future ones on all major podcast platforms, such as Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Amazon. Our podcasts and relevant articles about wellness and law are also located on the firm's wellness page on HanesBoone.com. Remember, prioritizing your well-being is key to unlocking your full potential and leading a fulfilling career and balanced life. Until next time, be well. Be well.